0: Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of Data Dialogues. I'm Julian Redmond, General Manager of Certus Insights and the host for the series. Today's a bit of a different one. We're actually gonna be taking a look at rocket engine development um, and actually how the, the development of rocket engines relates to the sorts of things we do in the data vault world. But first wanted to mention the data vault innovators community. That's the technical and professional community that's here to support all of you as professional information management or analytics uh, users. Um, It's really a place for conversations and debates and sharing of information. So we'd really like you all to get involved. Uh, Please comment and provide feedback, Uh, get in touch uh, and let us know the sorts of content that you'd actually like to see. It's really based on community principles. So we need your interaction. And since we're now coming through YouTube, please make sure you hit the like and subscribe and click on the notification so that you get the updates as more content is delivered. So talking to the first slide, SpaceX is a really interesting company and I've been following them for a while. And I actually looked into uh, a video that was was actually published by the Everyday Astronaut uh, a while ago and decided to share it with my team. And after sharing it with my team, we've decided to share it with all of you. Really has a great conversation with uh, Elon Musk, the CEO of SpaceX. And what struck me was, when they were talking, the the similarities between the development process for an extremely large rocket and rocket engines uh, aligns very closely to the agile processes we use in data vault development. And it just struck me that that it was it was quite a unique thing to realize that similarity. So I really hope that you enjoy this, this video. Uh, maybe there's some technical terms that, that you, you may not have heard before, but really just have a listen for the development process that they use, find those similarities. I really hope that you find it interesting. I really did. And
1: remind me, are the grid fins, are they, do they still fold in? No. No, is that gonna be permanently that way? Um, yeah, so, the, 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 what I'm trying to uh, have us all just uh, implement rigorously is uh, the sort of five-step process. Uh, first, make your requirements less dumb. Your requirements are definitely dumb. Uh, It does not matter who gave them to you. It's particularly dangerous if a smart person gave you the requirements, because you might not question them enough. Yeah, you might take it as like gospel, like I have to do this thing. Everyone's wrong, no matter who you are, everyone's wrong some of the time. Um, So make your requirements less dumb. Uh, Then uh, try very hard to delete the part or process. Um, This is actually very important. If you're not uh, occasionally adding things back in, you're not deleting enough. The, the bias tends to be very strongly towards, in, uh, let's add this part of process step in case we need it. But you can you can basically make in-case arguments for so many things. And for a rocket that is trying to achieve, um, trying to be the first fully reusable rocket, there's never been a fully reusable rocket, people don't understand. Like, right. this is like the holy grail of rocketry. 100%. Okay. And so you really need, you, you have to run at tight margins because if you don't run tight margins, uh, you're gonna get nothing to orbit. Right. Uh, so, uh, so you've got to delete the portal process step, super important. Um, and, you, and you can't like hedge your vets. Uh, so uh, that's why the grid fins, for example, do not fold down. Because that's a whole extra me- mechanism that we don't need. And, you and can then it's compensate then it, for it by having strong enough engine authority to steer it in the lower yeah. atmosphere. Actually, our simulation so that we don't really need any extra engine authority. As long as the grid fins you know, basically uh, follow the flow. Uh, They—they're not really disturbing the flow. It's really be the nor there. So, uh, so th- as long as I don't have a high high angle of attack, right. it doesn't matter—a few degrees or something, or within yeah. a degree or two. So, but in any case, it's a thing we could add later. Right. So now these grid fins are humongous. We'll go see them, um, but they're like—I mean, like a dinosaur bear trap. Okay, it's like <laughs> a a bear trap or a dinosaur. That's what these things look like. Uh, and if you have a, if a whole mechanism for folding them that's like clearly a part that we don't need yeah so this was a good design decision um, that uh actually i didn't come up with and it was like great uh but it followed the principle of like delete the part delete the process uh and i was like great good idea let's not fold them um why are we folding them anyway uh ra- somewhere random like like uh, oh, and, and also if, uh whatever requ- if you, whatever requirement or constraint you have it must come with a name not a department because uh, you can't ask the department, you have to ask a person. Yeah. Uh, and that person who's putting forward the requirement or constraint must agree that they must take responsibility for that requirement. Yeah. Otherwise, you can have a requirement that basically an intern two years ago randomly came up with off the cuff, uh, and they're not even at the company anymore, Right. Uh, and, 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 but it came from the, let's say, aero loads department. They're like, uh, actually, no one in the aero loads department actually currently agrees with that. Uh, this right. is not, this is by the way, happened several times. So, again, it can be literally. Uh, I don't want to put of it on as... the AeroLos department, but it's like, yeah. there's, it's every department. Uh, right. so, so, it can be thought of as gospel again, but it might be something that's just totally in passing. Like, yeah. yeah. Um, or someone played too much Kerbal and had fins at the top of the rocket, and then it just, you know, did this. Um, these things are often just way just more silly than you'd think. Yeah. Uh, so,. Um, Anyway, so step one, uh, make your requirements less dumb. Step two, delete the part or process step. If you're not adding, if you're not deleting a part or process step, at least 10% of the time, it basically, if you're not adding things back in 10% of the time, you're clearly not deleting enough. Right. Um, and and then uh, only the, the third step is simplify or optimize. The third step, okay. not the first step. Um, the reason it's the third step is because it's it's very common. It's possibly the most common error of a smart engineer is to optimize a thing that should not exist. Right. Okay. Right. Um, and you say, so, well, how do we get? Why would people do that? Well, everyone's been trained in in uh, high school and college to that you got to answer the question. Convergent logic. Yeah. So you can't tell the professor your question is dumb. You will get a bad grade. You have to answer the question. Yeah. Uh, so everyone's basically, without knowing it, they got like mental straitjacket on. Uh, that is, uh, they, they'll work on optimizing the thing that should simply not exist. Right. Right. Um, I give you an, an, an example from way back in the the day of Falcon 1. Uh, so in the in the original sort of like uh, when Tom Mueller and I were like batting around like, okay, what should this rocket look like? Um, I was I think I was literally in like Tom's kitchen or something and. Um, and we had like the spreadsheet, and like okay, we need like a, make a minimum, so minimally viable rocket, like half a ton or whatever, it's, it's something like that. And uh, and then the, initially the spreadsheet had uh, we, we had uh, an NTO MMH upper stage, so sort of goal upper stage, kind of Pressure like a trade. variant of the TRW LMD. Yep. yep. So, which I think uh, Tom worked on, right? Yeah. Uh, well, uh, Tom, the people who trained Tom worked on it. He's not that yeah. old. Yeah, that's uh, right. <laughs> uh, it was like a baby, you know. Yeah. Uh that uh, <laughs> they well, were a very advanced baby. It, uh, but, but but the but his mentors did work on LMD, so uh, you know lunar module cent engine. So, um, you know, basically uh, a a panel injector. Uh, that's right, because that's where the panel injector comes yeah, in, right? Because like, you can also deep throttle it and everything. So. Um, now the problem with that is, uh, how much does NTO-MMH cost? Oh, uh, um, it's super expensive, okay. Yeah. It's, a, it's like a rare chemical. So, uh, even if you're like, you know, if Edison and, Nik- and Tesla had a baby and that baby was smarter than both of them combined and said your job is to optimize an NTO-MMH upper stage, you're screwed. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, like nitrogen tetroxide and monomethylhydrazine are super expensive. Uh, and they're also toxic. They're super nasty. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, handling costs I, alone are probably pretty. Yeah. I, I mean, I do think like safety safety is overcorrected on the anti. Mmh. It went from like no, nobody had any protection and breathed the fumes all day to it's cyanide. Okay. Yeah. And, and neither of those are true. It's not cyanide. <laughs> <laughs> you won't die. Uh, and Bill Smirn told me like a story of like. When he started at NASA, they actually, I think, passed around around like a cup of like hydrazine, so that everyone knew what hydrazine smelled like. like no. So like, because it's like a rotten egg smell or something like that. So, um, it, it literally an open cup of hydrazine, and like obviously he's still alive. So, <laughs> um, that's so, so that's great. an example of like don't uh, you know don't optimize a thing that shouldn't exist. We should not have into MMH upper stage. Right. Um, now, Dragon does have that, but that's because Dragon's got to do a lot, a lot of like nuanced uh, firings of the Draco engines. Uh, t- you know, with very short pulse durations. Yeah. And if you have a, you know, trying to have something that's not hypergolic is very difficult. Uh, yeah. And I, it can be done, like, uh, but if you say it's not, not not hypergolic and not cryogenic, now your options tend to suck. Yeah. yeah. So. You know, then you start going down the peroxide, b- barking up the peroxide tree, or something like that, and that's uh, or, or, or super esoteric monoprops, right? And, right. and it's, that's that's like again back to big money, so yeah. Um, that's step know, like, three. Uh, yeah, yeah, so, <laughs> exactly. So <laughs> getting through these uh, quite laborious. Uh, sorry for the laborious explanation here, but. Um, and then finally, you get to step four, which is accelerate cycle time. You're moving too slowly, go faster. But don't go faster until you have worked on the other three things first. But gotcha. um, like if, you if you're digging, you know, your grave, don't dig it faster, stop <laughs> digging your grave. Right, right, you know? right. Uh, so, uh, but it's, you can always make things go faster. Um, and then the final step is automate. Um, And uh, now I have personally made the mistake of going backwards on all five steps, multiple times. So I have to repeat this, yes, multiple times on Model 3, where literally I automated, accelerated, simplified, and then deleted.
0: Well, I hope you enjoyed that. Uh, Did you catch the five development process steps that they use? I think the first one, make sure your requirements are less dumb, is a really interesting thing. But I guess it's talking about really making sure you understand what you need to build, and you know, and don't just build things because you think you need to. Um, leads into that second one of trying to delete, uh, you know, part of the process. You know, delete as much stuff as you possibly can, and if you're not adding stuff back in, you're not deleting enough stuff. Um, and you know, and simplify and optimize. Um, You know, I think Elon made the point that lots of engineers will actually uh, uh, try and optimise a process before they realise that actually they don't even need the process. So you definitely got to try and delete the process first, then simplify and optimise. And then work on accelerating cycle time. And I think we'll probably try and accelerate cycle time before we even think about those other two. So you've got to get it in the right order. And then the final point of automate and, you know, obviously automation in a rocket engine development and production is very different to automation in a data vault uh, space, but we are seeing massive amounts of automation through the data warehousing uh, landscape. And I think we wanna make sure that we get those processes right. And then what we have to do is, is uh, then once all of those other processes are done is automate what's left. So I think it was really interesting. I hope you saw the analogies. I know that my team thought it was interesting um, and you know we'd love to get some feedback and some comments. Um, on, on what you thought. So please hit the like, uh, subscribe, hit those notifications, and please make sure that you get over to the Data Vault Innovators community site, um, and you know, make sure that you're registered to receive that communication. There's lots of great content there, uh, and you know we really wanna have good discussions with the community, so please get involved. Thanks for joining today.